This is Portland Radio Project's Community Voices, where we give spotlight to local nonprofits doing great work for our community. I am Veronica Bezesti, and it is it's always my pleasure to host our Community Voices segments, simply because I am just in awe of our local nonprofit community and quite proud to share the PRP airwaves with these organizations. Milk Crate Kitchen was founded in April 2020 with a mission to overcome barriers to food security by cooking and delivering cost-free family meals to those in need with no questions asked. With me today is Michael Casper, a.k.a. Chef Casper, Milk Crate Kitchen's founder and co-director. Welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. Of course. Sherry Lynn Gardner, MCK Board VP and co-director of Ops and Development. Hi. Pleasure to be here. Hi. And last, but certainly not least, Christy Levac, Board Secretary and Events and Partnership Manager for Milk Crate Kitchen. Hello. Hello. Thanks, Veronica, for having us. We love doing this kind of stuff at PRP. We're a nonprofit, too. We have to support each other. That's what it's all about, right? All right. right. Let's jump into it. Chef Casper, what was the impetus behind starting Milk Crate Kitchen? And I have no doubt you'll do a much better job than I did earlier. Give our PRP listeners a little clearer insight as to the core mission of MCK. It's to overcome the barriers that people have in getting food. And how it started was back in the beginning of the pandemic. You know, food and supplies were scarce. And I didn't know what to really do, but I saw that there was a need. And, you know, Grandma always said, if you don't know what to do, do what you know. And I know how to cook. So that's what I started doing. Out of my kitchen, just providing family meals to people that were in need. Not knowing them or why they needed them, just wanted to provide it to them. How did you yourself get started cooking? Well, I mean, looking over Grandma and Mom's shoulder. I yeah. <laughs> started that in the kitchen. Um, I, I had you know, 15 years of corporate America and then decided to become a cook one day back in my early 30s um, and, you know, started working my way up in Portland, which is a huge culinary city and, uh, and loved every minute of it. What makes MCK a unique source of this type of assistance here in the Portland metro? Um, well, I think providing restaurant quality food to those in need with no questions or cost to them is very unique. And on top of the fact that we also deliver it straight to their door, um, it credit overcome anything that could possibly stop them from being able to get food. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are limited by certain areas or uh, financial need. Um, and we don't have any of that kind of red tape. Talk a little bit about the red tape that people face. Why is that an why is that a barrier? Why does that become an obstacle? Um, a lot of times with nonprofits or when you ask for help, a lot of people will, will need to provide you know financial statements or they have to live in a certain area or identify a certain as certain way. Um, and in that it can be very limiting. And on top of that, there's you know the implications of uh, handicaps and mm -hmm. disabilities that people may have uh, to get to the food pantries or something like that. So having to take a bus an hour just to get to a food pantry that's only open for two hours is kind of difficult for those with mobility issues. Yeah. Um, so taking this opportunity to provide those meals to those in need, um, you know, is very unique in this situation. And, and we've scoured asking around the area if there's anything like this. And we haven't found anything in the Pacific Northwest or even on the West Coast. Wow, really? Mm, it is. Sherilyn, tell us a little bit about how do you put these meals together? How does this food come to you to make these meals for folks? 
Um, so we, we do gleaning. Um, that means we go out there to uh, food hubs, farmer's market, um, even local businesses that are food makers, food producers, whenever they have uh, extras or sometimes it's imperfect foods, right? Like, yeah. you know, I'll cite an example, lardo. Um, they may have mortadella that wasn't sliced to precision for what the sandwich would be. Mm -hmm. um, they call us up and we arrange a time we, we go there and we pick it up. So there's, it's perfectly edible, delicious, high quality product. And then we bring it to our kitchen. So we use a combination of gleaning, um, farmer's market. Sometimes they have extra produce that didn't get sold that day. Um, we're actually the official gleaners at the Montevilla Farmer's Market every Sunday. Wow. Yeah, it's been really fun to um, have that in-person connection with the growers, the people who are growing your, our food, um, talking to them. How did the market go? Um, was today a good day or not a good day? <clears throat> Ideally, you know, we want everything to sell, but it's a good day for us when when um, we come, come away with like a car full of food organic greens. So we, we do that. We pick up do, uh, donated ingredients. We bring it back to our kitchen and uh, we serve up to 80 families a week. Each of our meal uh, provides up to four portions. And so what we do is when we don't get enough ingredients donated to us, we then use the money that we raise through individual donations and uh, business donations to purchase ingredients. So we go to the U.S. chef store, we go to the restaurant depot. We stretch every dollar that comes our way to keep our costs down. And then we turn that into a cooked meal. How many families, individuals, did you start out feeding? And now it's grown to 80. So how, how have you seen that grow over the past, it's been three years? It has, yeah. When Casper started in 2020, I believe he was helping on average about 20 families a week. Wow. Uh, with the exception of the holiday week, he... He did, uh, and you can correct me, Casper, uh, you did Thanksgiving and Christmas meals, like the full spread. Um, I think that week it went up to 50 families. Wow. That was in the first year. And 2021, we were averaging 40 family meals. And then everything changed at the end of May. Yeah. Um, when uh, word organically spread via word of mouth, social media is very powerful. It's a very powerful free tool for us. Um, through that, we reach a lot of different members of the community who shared about our work. Uh, Casper is in the Casper and Christie both are uh, very much embedded in the local uh, food and beverage industry. So we have a lot of businesses also sharing our menu, uh, sharing our posts on Instagram. Um, so through that, suddenly at the end of May, we saw it climb up to 130. And how many people do you have making those 130? That's a good question. Um, so every week we see about 20 to 25 volunteers. Okay. Um, 10 of them are drivers who help us on Saturday, which is our distribution day. Okay. Um, that's when we dispatch them for deliveries. Thursday nights is when we cook in the kitchen. And because uh, we don't have our own kitchen, we currently rent um, out of a commissary kitchen that we rent by the hour. Um, so we can... We, we do everything in four hours, believe it or not. We do four to five hours, wow. um, four to five, four to six at the most volunteers because it's not a very big kitchen. So we're very mindful of not overcrowding, especially when we, you know, the mask mandate was still on. Sure. Um, and then we come back Friday evening 
and we see another set of about average four volunteers. And what we do is we, we do the portioning and the packaging. So in, you know, to your answer your question, how many people are making these meals? On average, it's four volunteers making. Our capacity now had to go down to 80 just because okay. that's more sustainable and manageable for us. So you're looking at Casper plus four volunteers Thursday nights in the kitchen doing the meal prepping and the cooking. That's like a Top Chef episode. <laughs> No doubt. That's amazing. Wow. Okay, Sherilyn, you you spoke briefly about donations that come to you. Let's talk a little bit about how MCK fundraises. I understand that you're part of Give Guide this year. I also understand that you're planning on a big fundraising event a little bit earlier in the year. Give Guide is something that runs the last couple months of the year. It's a large fundraising platform for nonprofits out of the Portland Multnomah Clackamas and Washington County area, but you're doing a little bit of a fundraising effort on your own a bit earlier mm-hmm. in the year. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's it actually, um, we're, we're launching our first capital fundraising at the beginning of August. We're very small, you know, we're led by two part-time staff, that's Casper and myself. You know, we do more than part-time hours, but we clock in just part-time hours. Yeah. And then we're blessed enough to be supported um, by volunteers like Christy, who's deeply invested in the work we do, that they've actually taken on a more committed role, you know, in addition to the weekly driving or helping with comms. So um, individual giving is what has powered um, finance, our mission, sure. how we've been able to sustain our work. But, you know, actually, surprisingly enough, so there's corporate giving, there's individual giving. Um, we work with a lot of local businesses who might be running a fundraiser for us where they do a percentage of their proceeds or their sales that day will be donated to us. We recently partnered with Alberta Co-op Market um, where they did a roundup at their register for two months. That was fantastic because a lot of times it's, you know, it goes beyond the financing, the, yeah. the, the financial donation. It's the exposure that we get. Yes. Um, and... So we've been uh, relying solely on individual donations. We also have volunteers who work for companies that offer employer matching of their volunteer hours where they, you know, the company would match $20 for an hour of volunteering. Yeah. And then in addition, they also do donation matching, any donation by the volunteers or their employers. Um, so we do that, a little bit of that. Um, I mentioned the businesses who also donate to us either by doing a percentage or they'll straight up write us a check for $1,000 or $1,000. There's a lot of that that happens at the end of the year is what I've learned. Yes. (laughs) You probably know more about that being a nonprofit longer than we have. Um, So we got to capitalize on that this year. And what a great way to do that with GiveGuide too, because it's such a huge platform that is thankfully so well promoted through Willamette Week. It's a wonderful way for people to get exposed to a multitude of nonprofits, not only the ones they're familiar with, but so many more that do such great work for our community. It's a fantastic way to uh, get those end of year donations, end of year tax breaks in. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And then the last thing is, you know, grants. We um, we have sent in um, a number of applications through local foundations and uh, grant giving organizations. Um, (laughs) Really good story to share. Uh, We've only received one grant to date and it was through a community 101 uh, giving 
um, it's it's a program that is managed by the Oregon Community Foundation, but mm -hmm. funded by PGE. Oh. But the, yeah, and the folk, have you heard of it? Well, I'm familiar with OCF. Yeah, so Community 101 has been around. Normally, it's involving high school students. And what it is, is it gives them an opportunity to act like a mini mini foundation where they let, they get to learn about. Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, yes. wow, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. We'll get this. They decided to offer that same learning opportunity to high uh, elementary students who are third, fourth, and fifth graders. So there is a North Portland Elementary School, Sitton, who uh, just you know, offered one earlier this year, invited MCK to apply because they chose uh, hunger and food insecurity as a cause that matters to them. And we got the grant. Oh, yay. <laughs> yay. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. Grants are definitely a big pursuit for a nonprofit, and they are oftentimes very difficult to get. No matter how worthy the cause, they are they 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 can be very difficult to obtain. So good for you! Congratulations. We're very stoked by it. We had tears. We att we attended Aww. their awards ceremony, and they gave us a big fake check. And Casper oh. went to. Uh, FedEx game goes or wherever he went and got it laminated right away. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. That's great. Christy, I hear that you guys have some amazing merch. Talk about how people, a couple of things, how can they, how can an individual, we're talking about these larger fundraising platforms, but how can an individual support Milk Crate Kitchen by potentially volunteering, maybe getting a cool t-shirt? How did you get involved and what would you tell somebody that wants to be a volunteer thank you for asking so originally i got involved it was prior to covid i was doing some volunteer work with search and rescue covid hit the world blows up and i'm like <laughs> what am i gonna do like i just don't feel you know 100 percent unless i'm involved so a friend connected me with chef casper and right in the beginning when they're talking about you know 10 to 20 families that's when i started delivering yeah. and then with deliveries i just when you meet people that have the same passion and that are like-minded and who also loves healthy food and helping people it all just fell in line boom so right. yeah I, I knew pretty much from the beginning that i was a hundred percent in um, and as far as how, how to reach us, it would be milkcratekitchen.org. We just became a .org, which is, mm -hmm. which is huge for us. So you can request a meal okay. through that site. At the toolbar, it says request a meal, or you can reach us on um, Instagram at milkcratekitchenpdx. Um, and then through there, we actually... Actually, Sherilyn just put this together or just finalized our merch site, which is milkcratekitchen.square. Is that correct, Sherilyn? You know, uh, the nice thing is it's going to be available through our website. And it's also Perfect. in our Instagram. It's one of the external links. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So we have some cool t-shirts. And one of the original designs is the one that I um, first purchased. And I put it on. And that's when I really noticed people thought it was a band t-shirt. And I'm like, <laughs> this is the coolest thing. And you know that we actually have, so Chef Casper, one of our volunteers, Caden, I'm going to get it. Like the, the design is so cool. We're, we're, 
we're tattooing it. Like this is for real. This is a hundred percent milk crate kitchen is a hundred percent and I stand behind it a hundred percent. So I'm really excited, proud and grateful to be a part of this organization. And um, we're, we're growing in, in exponentially, not, not funds wise yet, but we are getting the word out. And with your help, Veronica, I think I hope that people are going to recognize and see what we're doing. There are a lot of people that need to step up and help, not just us here at Portland Radio Project. 25,000 meals and counting, Milk Creek Kitchen. Wow. Impressive. Fantastic work. Chef Casper, Sherry Lynn, Christy. Keep it up because there is so obviously the need and the passion and compassion behind Milk Creek Kitchen is, is, it's palpable. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I will make sure to have links on our website, prp.fm, to milkcratekitchen.org, so official and fancy now. I'll make sure that those links are on our website so that you can get connected with this amazing organization, perhaps volunteer, donate, buy a t-shirt, lots of ways. Or if you are an individual in need, Milk Crate Kitchen is definitely here to help. Thank you all for tuning into Portland Radio Project and listening to Community Voices.